It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, Tyvis Powell, Jason Lloyd. Plus, you're loving him, Mikey McNuggets. And so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show starts now. Booyah! We have 50 hours before we find out if DTR has improved from his last start. Or he plays like a VCR, obscure and obsolete. (laughs) Or if we can start saying his name with slow dots like D-T-R. Ara, ara, Gee, when do you revert to calling him by his full name? Uh, after he if plays he like PJ Walker, <laughs> he will get. Then he will be known as Dorian. Tyus Dorian. won't call him PJ Walker. He calls him Phil Walker. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Fifty hours from now, we're going to begin to find out. We're going to answer a lot of questions as to where the Browns are moving forward. Busy, busy, busy show. You know, it's Friday. We do ninety minutes here at twelve thirty. You've either got to go to your old school TV or you can watch us on the WKYC webpage or the WKYC Plus app because that's when we go from 2.30 or excuse me, 12.30 to 1.30 minutes. As Mikey McNuggets likes to say, never before seen Browns coverage. Yeah. We Brandon. think everything we do here is never before seen, right? I know. When you True. put it that way, I guess you are technically correct, but this is 30 minutes of stuff that we have specifically saved right. for a TV audience. That's exactly so right. Is, I would say some of the best of the best we do. For the big show. Hold, yep, for the whole, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jason, good to have you in. Good to be here. Can't wait to get your thoughts on where we're going with the Browns, what what, what we're doing moving forward. But first, um, hello, Mikey McNuggets. Happy Friday. It is Friday, guys. I am hyped. we got a huge show planned, and we have some news this morning. Quarterback-related includes Joe Flacco. Before we get to that, guys, FanDuel is the number one place to be if you're using any sportsbook in the world. And right now, brand new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action than right this minute. The app is so easy to use, and they have a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL, an official partner of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. And we talked about all the different things FanDuel offers. Well, how about this bet you couldn't bet on yesterday? And our guy, Kyle Schuler won. He bet $5 on both teams to score in every quarter of Thursday Night Football. No way. 12 to 1. Bet five, 160. Wow. Shout out to Kyle Schuler. That's what FanDuel has. Player props and fun little oddball bets like that this. That bet would make me nervous as hell. But it's a fun one. You get to it is, no, points. it's very yeah. fun. But, I mean, I wonder how many NFL games that holds true. Where both teams score in all four quarters. Less than half. Yes. I would, I would yeah. think so, too. Oh, just sure. off the top of my head. Yeah. Especially now in yeah. this era of, you know, stipe. Stiffened defenses and points are harder to come by. Yeah. That's interesting. Wow. 60 bucks. I would have thought it would have paid more. $5 bet? Yeah, it's 12 to 1 odds. So. Yeah. Or 11 to 1 odds, essentially. That's, so. that's pretty cool. That's pretty that is good. a fun pretty bet. Good. Yeah. Very fun bet. All right. You mentioned it. Joe Flacco, uh, not a member of the Browns yet. He's coming in for a workout. And let's go around the horn here and see what we think about that. Bull, you like it? Uh, I mean, listen, am I excited? Nobody's going to be excited about Joe Flacco. He's he's not got he doesn't have much left in the tank. However... He's probably better than what they got. So, yeah, I do like it. Uh, he's a veteran. Again, I, I said what I said about uh, Matt Ryan the other day holds for Joe Flacco, even though I think Matt Ryan's a little better. But he's been, you know, Joe Flacco is not doing uh, TV. So, you bring in the veteran. You say to him, hey, listen, we may need you in a couple of weeks. We're going to see what DTR guys. If DTR plays well, I start him the rest of the year. If he's terrible in the next week or two, I go to Joe Flacco. I there love that so, stat at the bottom. Yep. He likes playing in Cleveland. Yeah, sure now, does. last my goodness, last year he started. Five, he played five games for the Jets. The team was one in three in the games he started. Of course, the yeah, one win was against the Browns. Was that crazy yeah. comeback. 
He threw five touchdowns and three picks, but he he fumbled five times. So in total, he had five touchdowns and seven picks. Uh, no, seven five turnovers, touchdowns and, and seven turnovers last year. I thought it was eight turnovers. No, it was, he fumbled five times, but only lost four. Oh, in okay. The last, in okay. the last four years, and Bull brought this Yeah, I brought – Pull Tagward back up real quick, but he's <coughs> been in and out of the starting line. He's had a couple right. of gigs. He's been out, yeah. in and out, there in and out. 20 touchdowns, 19 turnovers. That's bad, but it's a lot better than P.J. Walker and so far better than DTR. Yeah. Jay? I just don't get why they wouldn't have done this earlier. That's what I – like, you mm. knew P.J. Walker, Phillip, yeah. wasn't it. So why didn't you make this move – three weeks ago. And that's why I thought I, I, when I was on with you guys, whatever day outside the facility, yeah. I thought they would go practice squad off yeah. another team only because Flacco has been out there all year. So if you wanted to go this route, you should have done it a month ago when you saw that Philip wasn't quite it. I do like what a veteran like that can bring just in terms of the, of the film room and what he can, how he can help DTR on the sidelines on film. He's a veteran. He's seen it all. So that sort of leadership and mentorship is far more important than I think he, anything he can contribute on the field. He doesn't fit their mold. You know, the Browns have tried to keep all these quarterbacks the same in terms of what they can do, their abilities. Flacco's a statue. He can't move at all. He's the antithesis of what they have. Yeah, absolutely. So the protection really has to hold up yeah. if and when he ever gets in there. Right. Well, that's so, why he's had so many fumbles, because he gets hit. Yeah, you know. he just he can't move. Yeah, same yeah. thing in New York. So, like he was a yeah. target. I, I, and maybe they didn't bring him in earlier. Maybe he had no interest in being on the practice squad. Maybe he's got an ego and a veteran. He's been around this long and thinks, I'm not going to come back in for a practice squad spot or whatever else. Well, maybe he was thinking, well, with Watson healthy, I'm never going to play. Yeah, I, I don't know. Now he's got a chance to play. Well, we, we talked about that yeah. when I was on the other day that, hey, these guys have to want to do it. I don't think right. Matt Ryan ever had any interest in coming back right. to an NFL team. Why? Why should he? Look at the money he's making. The money he's already made. Right. He has no interest in it. Uh, Flacco's made a ton of money, too, but clearly I guess he's still interested. So we'll see. I think it could be very helpful just in what he can provide and experience. I don't know if he's really going to be impactful on the field. Yeah, I think, the, I, I think the Browns did this for multiple strategic reasons. One of them is they know that Joe Flacco can get hot. He's shown it before. Joe Flacco, when he won the Super Bowl, they were the team that went on the road as a wild card team three straight weeks, got it done, and went to the Super Bowl and won. Played great that postseason. Played great that postseason. Yeah. Gam- gambled on himself. Yeah. Two, on top of that, we just saw Joe Flacco smoke us here. We just saw him lead a comeback here when we, which I thought derailed our season last year when we lost to the Jets in the way where we did 10 and one over here. Second of all, or third of all, now number three, um, he knows the division. He knows exactly. He's played mm-hmm. against Harbaugh. He's played against the Bengals. He understands the division. He understands what the climate is like, and he knows what it feels like to have to be able to play these these teams. And then, and then finally, I think that the Browns are saying something to us. Look, P.J. Walker can be mobile all he wants. He still throw picks, and he still and he still he still can get sacked and drop the football. I think what was best for the Cleveland Browns if they want to move forward is you need somebody that people understand where you're going to be at. Joe Flacco will throw on time. Joe Flacco will get to his third or fourth progression or second or third progression. He's not going to ad lib a bunch. And when you have the weather getting bad and you just want somebody not to turn the football over, I'd rather have a guy that knows where to throw the ball immediately and get it there rather than trying to extend plays and have turnovers. Right, exactly. Two other things, Jed. Two other things. If if the Browns are dealing with a patchwork offensive line, which they have a little bit of right now, if Flacco goes in there, at least with that, the offensive linemen know he ain't going nowhere. Right. Yeah. They don't have to worry about, oh, what if he scrambles out there? He's not moving at all. He's going to be on a spot the whole day. And and I would think, and I've never been a fan, a big fan of Joe Flacco, even when he was good in Baltimore. However, I got to believe that he's got a couple of decent games in him. A couple. He ain't playing great. He's not going to be consistently solid 10 games in a row. I don't see any way. But if they have to play him, he's probably got two, three serviceable games in him. Even if he has some that are a little below that. P.J. Walker's got none. Zero. Zip. Zilch. We've we don't know it. about DTR. Yeah. Um, I, if, if, if you build a continuum you got really, really like on one side and you really dislike on the other side, I, I'm pretty much in the middle. I'm ambivalent on it. And I think your point of having a player coach on the sideline that can calm DTR down, I think is invaluable. I think my only question here is, this isn't a signing, this is a workout. Why just Joe Flacco? I I agree with that. If I'm the Browns, and I'm car shopping, I'm not just 
test driving one car. I want to kick the tires on a lot of guys. I want to see what does Matt Ryan physically look like? Does he have a desire to your point? Right, right. I also, I, I would, you know, think that there'd be four or five guys. Names Nick that we, Foles. Nick Foles is one of them. Guys that we've talked about that they would bring in, kick the tires on all of them. And then instead of choosing, yeah, he's it or he's not, you've got four or five to look at and say, you know, of all of these guys, considering the body of work, how long they've been out of the game, this person fits what we're looking for best. So I'm a little surprised that it's just yeah. Joe Flacco. Now, in fairness, maybe I agree with you. I'm surprised they're not looking at options. Right. You know, they may be look, maybe they're considering some guys on practice squads. Those guys they can't bring in for a workout, no, obviously. They can't. So that might be it. Maybe, you know, maybe Ryan just has no interest. Maybe Folds has no interest in this Have point. you heard, Jay, be, that well, they are calling anybody else? No, I haven't, but I haven't asked that. Okay. Uh, but usually how this goes, my guess is yesterday was not the first time they talked to Flacco. Sure. I, my yeah. thought is that they've yeah. probably been in contact with him for the last couple of weeks. Sure. And they've probably settled on that. And these guys, say what you want, they're proven older guys with egos, and you're not going to bring in Flacco and put him next to, we'll use Matt Ryan, and say, okay, now go compete. No, I don't think you do they, it at the same time. And, and, and that's where I was going. They're, so if they don't like what they see out of Joe today, well, then they're not going to sign him, and maybe they go Candidate to someone number else two comes in. next was, week. But clearly Flacco's but the, the clock's top ticking. option. Yeah, but he wasn't going to play this week anyway. There was something that was said, I, I think I read it yesterday, that said um, because Matt Ryan was cut, um, they still owe him money. But if Matt Ryan was to come back and take another job, he would get whatever. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed league minimum they gave him and he got cut for a substantial amount of money. So if he stays in the booth, he gets that money. But if he doesn't, I, I think the Colts are off the hook for. Well, it should be that they would be prorated from with the Brown. Yeah, yeah with it the is Browns. offset. Yeah, I'm 90 yeah, percent yeah. sure it is. He offset. would still get the money. But with I, I mean, at this point, about, Matt. Listen, at this point, Matt he Ryan. He's not counting beans. I, I doubt he's not. He's yeah. coming back. Now but, maybe Nick Foles, who wasn't a career yeah. starter in signing franchise deals. Right. Maybe a guy like that might sit on the sidelines and collect a big paycheck as opposed to coming here right. and working for league minimum. I don't know. I, this is what the. I, I immediately said the things I love about Joe Flacco and the things I don't love about Joe Flacco. And the guy won a Super Bowl, and he did it betting on himself. I thought that was one of the ballsiest things I've ever seen a player do. Yeah. He decided to go into the final year of his deal, and he said to the Ravens, I'm good. I'm betting on myself, knowing that he had a great defense. I can do enough to get this team over the top. I don't think there's much disagreement. That was the best he's ever looked in the NFL. And they cashed in big time. And, and he he wrote the you know he the Ravens had to write the check and he he got paid for yep. that. I like a guy that believes in himself so much. He bets on himself. He's yep. betting on himself. Yep. So you know I don't think he's going to be a big factor if he's playing at all here. It's it's probably a bad sign. Yeah, it means DTR had more bad games. Real quick, and Jason, I want you to chime in on this, but do you remember just how good Joe Flacco was in that 2012 playoff run? Oh, yeah. yeah. We just, I just said it. Great. No, I know, but do you remember the actual numbers? He of was that? fantastic. Well, remind us. I just remember him being I don't think he's done anything really good since. <laughs> no, no, he hasn't done anything football near that in his since. life. But in the 2012 playoffs, and I looked this up because I remembered it being good. I didn't well, think he, he was had a turnover. This yeah. good. In four games, he threw for 285 yards a game, 11 touchdowns, no interceptions with a 147 QB That's rate. That's nuts. Wow. It's hard to play better than Joe Flacco did on the road during that stretch. That's, and you know what that she's is? right. They were on the road in three of those that, four games. That's that's a guy going to the blackjack table, knowing he has a system of counting cards and knowing he can't lose. And when you get on those rolls in life, sometimes they perpetuate what comes next. Mm -hmm. And I think that was one of those instances where we watched in real time and everybody in the sport said, where did this come from? He was splitting kings and... Oh, <laughs> Tumbling down on that, that eight. Was, a... Yeah, and everything worked. He's sitting on 20 and asks for a card and gets an ace. <laughs> you know, that's, I mean, that was just the kind of a season that yeah. he had. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, I know he's been much maligned since because he's been bad. There's yeah, no other yeah. way to say it. 
But I think he can be a good presence in that quarterback room. A, a veteran voice that, like you said, Jay, in the third quarter after a big pick that flips the field, DTR comes to the sidelines. I, I want to hear what Joe Flacco has to say. To yeah, him. yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Or, or helping him di- yeah. diagnose and break down film before it sure. starts. Yeah, like that's the thing. Like looking for little things over here. This is what you should be doing, or how you should move. They needed to get a veteran for for a number of reasons, and one of the biggest reasons is if DCR is playing in a, in a playoff game or playing in a huge game, and you don't have. You don't have any wherewithal to, to understand certain things. He could talk him out of certain things before he even, even does it. He right. gives him a little insight. So that's why I like the veteran. It didn't really matter what is, whether they can run or not. I just yeah. like what he could bring. Yeah. I actually, I know we're talking about regress, but it straws of both of these guys. But if I had to choose between Flacco and Foles, I'd take Flacco. You would? Yeah. Well, how about you guys? Flacco or Foles? Flip a coin. I mean, they each have a Super 50, Bowl. 50. Yeah. We have no idea what kind of shape they're in. You know, yeah. it's so, Flacco it's so played, hard. And Flacco played a little more last year. Flacco played five games. Foles played one game. He threw four or two games through four picks. No, and I, and no I saw and I saw Flacco lead a last second drive against the Browns where they couldn't get him off. And the that field. was like one of the most unlikely wins statistically yeah. in NFL that was his, history. And that's his last win. Now right I know now. I know that we sort of olayed the door for that to happen. Sure, but he did it. He yeah. still had to make magic happen, and he did it. Bottom line is, if he's on the field for them. Something. No, it's a bad thing. It's a really it's, bad it's thing. It's a bad thing. Playoffs are probably unless over. Unless there's an injury to DTR. You know, I mean, I, if he's playing crazy. poorly and he gets replaced, yeah. now you're on your fourth quarterback in the season. Guys, That's never things good. things have happened. Right. Uh, who knows? I, listen, and I'm not writing off anything at this point this year. Any crazy thing could happen. Obviously, it, it's not good that Deshaun Watson's hurt. The Browns' chances of getting to the playoffs, winning in the playoffs, doing everything are lower now. But, you know, who the hell knows? Defense has picked... You know, defense is, I agree, I don't know that we're fully in a defensive area yet, but it is, at least this year, and a little bit last year, swinging towards defense. Now, there's other good teams in the AFC, like Pittsburgh and Baltimore and Kansas City, who also have good defenses, and in two of those cases, have better, much better offenses than the Browns. But, you know, who knows? And, but I'll throw this out there. If DTR does play like absolute crap against Pittsburgh, it wouldn't shock me if Joe Flacco started the following week. Well, no, there is. it's going to be desperate time. Yeah. Be you know? uh, before we hit the break here, and I know we're chasing it, I just want a quick answer from all of these guys on something that hit me last night when I was watching the Thursday night game. This is, And I don't know how this compares to other seasons. In my mind, it's more than we've seen in the past. But they mentioned that here we are, week 10, 49 different quarterbacks have taken snaps in the NFL. It could be, well, that may, started or taken snaps? Played. Okay. Now, if they said started, I missed that. But I think they said 49 different quarterbacks have played. Yeah. That tells you that more than half the teams have used two quarterbacks. AJ, that's start, by the way. Okay, that's a bigger stat. I think that's a bigger – right. And it's going to be 50 next week probably because Jake Browning's going to start for the Bengals. Exactly. Probably. And he hadn't started yet. Yeah. So, that's, that's a stunning number to me. Do you guys think that that will lead to a shift in the way teams currently view backup quarterbacks yes, because they, we've talked about it they should they don't really I mean everybody has said well if, if if Deshaun gets hurt our season's over well I don't know that that should be the case when half the teams are losing their starting quarterback at least for a stretch it's the reason why when you buy a mortgage on a house they make you have homeowners insurance they don't let you buy a half a million dollar house and say well if the flood comes yeah. If the tornado hits, we're screwed. No, they make you pay for it. Like, if you got a top-notch quarterback, you you have to start allocating and thinking about, like, what's best for my team. If I if I know that, that the quarterback is so important, why are you devaluating the I, person? Yeah. That comes I, do you guys after agree that? with that? I think what's happened, and I don't even think it's about all the injuries this year. It's more about, the for the first time in a very long time, the swing back to defense. Because for much of the last 10, 15 years, if you lost your starting quarterback, you were done. So it didn't matter if you had a good backup because right. it wasn't going to be good enough but to But now win. defense can still carry a team. Now we don't know yet. Can right. a team like the Browns or Steelers with terrible quarterback play win? We'll see. Right. We'll hasn't see. happened yet. But if that happens, like, he, he can't even Foles. He played great in that postseason. Awesome. If he had not played, as even though he's a nothing in his career, if he had not played great, they would have lost. You can't win in the playoffs with the quarterback playing like crap. He was the Super Bowl MVP, wasn't he? Right, he was great. So, in that Jay, do you think that, that they'll look at things differently? Well, no. Here's the problem: you can't when you when you have a top quarterback, and we're talking yeah. elite elite status. 
it's the dollars that you commit to him. It makes it really difficult to commit significant dollars to a spot that doesn't play. But isn't it throwing bad money after good money if you don't have if there's no a salary cap? Backup? Yeah, but I'm telling you, it it comes down to the it comes down so to the numbers. So it's a percentage of the assets that you're yeah. allocating yeah. to one. Position. It would be a better world if the quarterbacks it, were not on, had their own salary it, cap. If, if it was <laughs> listen, that's been talked about, and I think yeah. I would love it if yeah. if, if, if each, that happened. Each team gets one salary that they can exempt from right. the cap. Then you can then you can devote more resources to right. it. But right. when you when you're spending the number that you are at that one position, it makes it difficult to justify spending a massive no, percentage. No, I, I agree with and that. And that's why and no big spot doesn't I'll, I'll, I'll ask the back. question before we move on. Would you rather have a rookie fifth-round corner being your fourth or fifth corner or a solid run, or a solid quarterback that could come in and but win you two? Not, it's, it's not that. I, it's, your, it's your starting defensive tackle or you're rotating the defensive tackle if you're paying them $8 million, $6, $8 million, which is the going rate. If you're talking like a mid-tier quarterback, if you want to devote, what did Jacoby get this he year? He got $8 million, I think, didn't yeah. he? So if you want to spend $8 million, what's what's Elijah Moore making? Or what's some of these defensive tackles no, making? Somebody else somewhere. Right. That's yeah. the trade-off. Sorry, Mike, would you I rather have Maurice that, Hurst that or would you rather have no, you're all good. Jacoby Brissett? Yeah. I'll take Maurice Hurst. Yeah. Hey, for, for example, and this is just the, the actual cap hit this year of players who make – more than twelve, uh, more than eight million dollars. So more this year, based on the restructures, than Jacoby Brissett makes is only Denzel, Garrett, and Cooper, and Deshaun. That make more than eight in the cap hit, according to Spotrac right now. Yeah, so you'd literally be prioritizing your backup quarterback at that number as a top five player, and and I don't know how teams can do that. How much did Jacoby Brissett made? What eight million, eight million dollars? Eight, but but you can't. Go just off the cap hit. Well, it's, there's bonus money in there, and you can restructure deals and kick the can down the it road. It gets really confusing. So it, it you, that's, but the bottom but, line is, if you have to, even if you have to pay him a signing bonus and a base salary, put that together. It, if that guy's making eight million this year, do you really want to spend that eight million, ten million, seven million, whatever it is? In the end, they should have kept Josh Dobbs. On, they should have kept Josh Dobbs. Well, or at least, I think we talked. I yeah. can't remember when I was in. Okay. You had an opportunity. You knew you you knew you had a need, and you didn't do anything about it. I don't even. I won't even crush him for trading Josh in the first. Yeah, place. I, I'm with you, but but the fact that they didn't make a bigger effort to bring him back when they knew that that play him that position or anyone, was an issue, him or I, anyone. Yeah, I th- and I know Dee was on yesterday, and she said, you know, well now we have the benefit of the results to make that argument. Well, look, we were that's that what being before. a GM and a front office employee in the NFL is all about: speculation. Predicting who's going to hit and yeah. who's going to miss, and if and DTR plays the well, then bet. none of this matters. If he doesn't, it's it's you're, very fair to be critical of Barry. You're 100 percent right. Well, let's just move on right to the next topic here, guys. And I'll let uh, Bull. Do you want to actually set this up? You and I have talked about this. It's T.J. Watt versus Miles Garrett, and uh, there's been a little flip flopping, and I'm curious now where everyone stands on this discussion. There's going to be more flip flopping when we're if done. If you want to, if you want to set this up. Okay. We'll so obviously, before the last time the Browns and Steelers played, we did. Something we're, we're not doing today, but we've done on many Fridays where we draft the players. You know, if we were taking the two teams, we draft the players. We had a lot of fun with that last week. It was a very intricate conversation. Now, we all agreed last time the Browns played the Steelers that Miles Garrett, we draft Miles Garrett ahead of TJ Watt. After the game, TJ Watt had a bigger impact in that game than Miles Garrett did. Jay, you flip flopped. On that one to TJ Watt. The very next day. Yes. I, I think because we asked it the next day. Yes. Water Garrett. And right. I said, After you the know big what? Impact, you, you, I've seen another they splash. They were close play. enough to... for you that that flip flop. Yeah. So the question is now that we're, how many weeks is it now? Seven since that game? Whatever it is, roughly. Well, that was week two, and we're going into week 11. Okay. Right? So, Correct. So, so nine, nine weeks, weeks later. Nine weeks, yeah. So two months and change later. Uh, where do we feel right now? Can I start on that? Yeah. Go, so please. Now you can give me Garrett. Yeah. And uh, I had this. It's funny. Even before I knew we were doing this on the show today, we had a very similar conversation in a group upstairs uh, going into the Pittsburgh week and then after. And we all kind of were in agreement that, gosh, Watt just is making these splash plays. Mm -hmm. That's what you want your franchise guy to do. Uh, For me, by the way, and I think I said this at the time, it's like picking between Babe Ruth or Hank Aaron. I mean, these guys are great elite players. And so, you know, it's not the Brady or Manning comparison because Brady obviously had so much more team success. With these guys, it's splitting hairs. And for me, I said I'm putting Watt above Garrett because of the splash plays. I think that Garrett had more to offer, and I wanted to see him have a bigger impact 
when the game was in the balance because I hadn't seen that from him. So, reserving the right to change our mind, as we all do and should, as we're taking Absolutely. in more information. As more information you get. I, I now believe that I, again, have Garrett slightly ahead of Watt. And the reason is he has made those splash plays that we talked about so often with T.J. Watt yeah. on a consistent enough basis that now not only is he the most dominant player at his position or among them, he also is raising his level when the game dictates it. And for that reason, right now, I have Miles Garrett over T.J. Watt. As close as it is, do you have Miles Garrett further ahead of Watt, even if it's by a tiny bit, than you did before the, those two teams played the first time? Yes, I do. Now, again, splitting tiny hairs. Tiny bit. So, yeah. Bull, if this was a 10-mile race yeah. and we're at mile seven, yeah. you know, before Miles was ahead by 10 feet, yeah. and then T.J. moved ahead by 10 feet, yeah. but now I think Miles is ahead by 15 feet. So, you know, is it something that could be made up in two games or in this game? Possibly. Yeah. We'll, we'll weigh this after the game. But again, it wasn't, it wasn't, I wasn't disparaging Miles Garrett, nor am I disparaging TJ Watt right now by saying, I think Garrett's better. I think these guys are Hall of Fame trajectory. I think they're both top three or four play health. I think they're probably the front runners for defensive player of the year, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're I one mean, and two right now in Bill yeah, Barnwell's so, midseason I mean, projection. For me, you know, when you say one's better than the other, it sounds like it's disparaging to right. whoever is. But for me, it's always been close. But right now, give me our guy. By the way, Mike, before we continue, uh, those numbers, right, outside of the tackles, Watt's got a, a slight edge, a very slight edge on the rest. But how many more? Has Watt played, Watt's played more games than Miles Garrett, right? That's a good uh, question. I'll tell you right now. Hold on one second. Yeah. I think he has. He's had some injuries too, though. TJ has. That, no, last year true. he missed a lot of time. Did times. he come in the year before Miles, though? Same draft class. Oh, same the, draft class. Wow. So he, was, he was the pick after David Njoku. Correct. Watt was. So they could have drafted Watt and Could you imagine if they had Miles TJ has played three more games, 96 to 96. Can you put the numbers up again just for now that we know that? I think it gives it better context. Um, they average about a sack a game somewhere in there. Yeah. And it's funny, TJ has. Two and a half more sacks. He's played three, three more, more games. games yeah. Um, the tackles for loss. I think TJ. I think TJ is better against the run. Although Miles' arrow is going up for me. Yes, the run. he's been better against the run. But one thing TJ has always had a major, major advantage over Miles Garrett is until this year, talent around him. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That is very true. Yeah. Like no- Cam Hayward's back this game. He, he is was back not there. In week yeah, two. Yeah. What we'll you, talk about what impact what that will have think? on the I've game. I've noticed too. we talk about the run and. This is going to sound like a criticism, and I don't mean it to be. I think Miles takes him takes himself out of some of the running with plays. With the way he pass rushes. With the way that he pass I rushes. I agree with I've that. seen teams go right at him because they know he's not going to be there. And it's worked for big plays it, it, yeah, in the past. Because they're running the spot he vacated. Week. So I've no, I noticed that, especially the last couple of weeks. I've been trying to watch him more and more and more. And he just, the, the angles that he takes or some of the moves, he just takes himself right out is of the Is that a trade-off you're willing to yes. live with? To me, it's like striking out and home runs yes. in baseball. I'm fine with that. I would actually rather that. I, it, his his offsides drive me crazy. Yeah, that's a because problem. Because he doesn't he need to. He doesn't need to. That's yeah. exactly right. He's so big, fast, and strong, he doesn't need that extra half second. Yeah. And so it, it's those five-yard gimmies that drive me crazy. And I would rather take yourself out of running plays if you want. you got ten guys behind you to clean it up. Yeah. Just don't jump. But it's the jumping that yeah. just drives me. And he doesn't care. Like, he's like, I'll get it back. Like, so to him, that's yeah. a strikeout to a power right, hitter. Right. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. but really, I think it's more punitive because if it's second and seven, now it's second, second and two. two. Yeah, yeah. If it's if, even if it's first and ten, now it's first and five. Yeah. Miles Garrett is a, is a, a, a nuclear weapon. Uh, he's just simply better than everybody, and is so is he so far ahead of everybody? Even with the numbers, he trails in all the stats. Here's the thing: you got to think about it. Joe Woods was the worst coordinator I've ever seen for three years. He lined Miles Garrett up there to get double team and triple team, and did nothing about it. Like, yeah, that's true. like we Miles Garrett played on a team that didn't win a game. Well, they won one game, one fifteen, and he still had 10, eight, eight, nine, ten sacks that year. Like he's playing now with guys that are now just up to his level, but. The Emmanuel Ogbas of the world. Come on, man. He he played with the Danny Sheltons of the world. Like, like I mean, this guy, T.J. Watt, is playing 
with one of the best defensive tackles of our time in Cameron Hayward. He I, always has a running mate at the other side. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. always they always have an impact safety yeah. impact linebackers. And they're coached by he's been coached by the same defensive guy for his entire time. I, 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 think yeah. about this for think about this for a minute, which I, I I'm with G. I, maybe not as big a gap as you think, def, a little bigger than you think. If my if if it had been reversed, let's say Miles Garrett had been a, a Steeler his whole career and T.J. Watt had been a Brown, I think T.J. Watt's still very good, but not as good as he is in Pittsburgh. Yeah, no, that's I fair. think Miles Garrett's even better than he was. Yeah, he has twenty seven. Well, because he's got yeah, better talent around right. him. And what's amazing is, I think we'll all agree this is his best season so far. Yes. And this is really the first time that this organization has surrounded him with the kind of talent yeah. he deserves. And to he stayed with. healthy. And to, that's and, been a key and part of it to too. Your point. Yeah about if he was a Steeler, yeah. he'd be playing a lot more bigger games. And it's it's just human nature. When yeah. you're just getting beaten down no, week right. after week and you're getting your ass kicked no. as a team, it takes some of the edge That's off. True. And there's and, it's yeah. it's just human nature. Right. And if you're in the Steelers and you're in playoff contention every single year, That's a great point. it matters. We've forgotten the 0-16 and the 1-15. Yeah. Just, in just how demoralizing Man. and how small every one of those games felt. When you're 0-8... Yeah. You're thinking about January. Yeah. And think about this, guys, is T.J. Uh, Watt, especially earlier in his career with Roethlisberger, has played in way more games where the Steelers have been up and the defense knows that the offense Pinning has to the throw ears the back ball. And yeah. coming so it's easier. Yeah. Miles Garrett's not played in that many games like that yeah. because uh, the Browns offense, so for the most part, since he's been here, has not been great. If memory serves, he was not here for 1-15. One 1-15 in one in one in is what Led got to them him that coming yeah, right. here. Yeah. He was here for 0-16. Oh, oh, he was right. here for some bad football. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Jason. That makes it much better. And, and, well, no, I'm just no, saying. No, he's just clearing it up. Because he's, he's clearing it up. Because yeah. we, we're making it sound like he was here for 1-15. No, he was in 16. Yeah, he was here for one of those. He was the worst of, of the two. Just like Joe Thomas. We don't even really know in context how good Joe Thomas is. Because he's never going to get credit yeah. for anything. Because they're going to say, even when you bring up the argument, who's the best left tackle ever to play? They're going to say, how can I make him the best left tackle? And he never even was in the well, playoffs. He did go in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I mean, but, but, he's being disregarded. But, 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 you can count the meaningful games, games that he right. played well, in on hand. one hand. Right. Like, and, and so his parallel to Miles Garrett's is, is so – because they're so good that, that people won't give them a look or people just – they underestimate their skill level based on the fact that the Cleveland Browns, you get credit for how good your team is. And the Browns just have not been good enough. I, I, this would be very hard to find out. Maybe, Mike, this, this would be like a, a two weeks of deep dive. But I would love to know the percentage of plays, A, where – well, this, this first one's probably not that hard to find. It's probably easy. Uh, that Miles Garrett got double teamed versus T.J. Watt. I would bet Miles, Miles Garrett gets doubled significantly more. Significantly than more in their career, which I mean that alone. The, the fact that their stats are so close, well, he, when Miles Garrett gets double teamed way more, he that gets tells double you one teamed thing. more because there's more talent to worry about on the Steelers' defensive line. There's nobody else that the Browns are worried about. I, I think it's or that. I think that's rather. most of it. I also think. I also think if I'm an offensive lineman, I'm more worried about. Uh, Miles Garrett than I am of T.J. Watt, even though T.J. Watt's great. Right. And also, I'd love to know the percentage of pass rush snaps where the offense you're going against, they're in a situation when you know they're throwing the ball because they're down big or third, third more long. than 10. I would guess that T.J. Watt has had way more yeah. plays in that situation. That that would be almost impossible to yeah, find. Yeah, it would take forever. I, there was yeah. one stat that comes to mind when you talk about that. Yeah. Wasn't, wasn't there a stat around Ben Roethlisberger that every game he played, the playoffs were still in play for his entire I career? I think there was that, one that, game. Tom Brady. I think, that's Tom no, Brady. no, I think it was Roethlisberger. I think you're that right, but I think it about. ended up being one game. Maybe in his last right season. Right at the end or whatever. Yeah, but I mean. But they were, yes, exactly, yeah. Which is stunning. I mean, and. And, and it's still been the case, even with not as good quarterbacks since, but it's still been the case. They're always there. They're, They're always, always in the mix. mix. It's crazy. We're going to bring Quincy Carrier here one sec. I have a stat at least last year, but I did a really quick search. But last yeah. season in 2022, Miles Garrett was double teamed on 37% of his pass rush attempts. T.J. Watt was at 26, so 11% more. I mean, that's a huge difference. T.J. Watt. Yeah. And with that, we want to welcome in our uh, one of our favorite Browns YouTube hosts on the interweb. It is Quincy Carey. What's up, Quincy? 
How you doing? Thank you for having me on. Quincy. Bro, you look like you're hunkered down in the cave. You're ready for battle right now. <laughs> it's, it's like 45 degrees outside. You know, I'm getting chilly. <laughs> um, Mikey McNuggets said that we had to bring this up. So I, I prefaced my question right. with that. Uh, he wanted me to start with, what are the odds, as you did last year, picking Deshaun Watson to run the <laughs> well, table the last six, we got that DTR I does that? The we got to give the context. We got to give the context for those who were not with us. So, when Deshaun Watson was going to start the final six games, we had Quincy on, and he said that the Browns had a better than 50% chance going 6-0, yeah. and, oh, and I lost my mind because that felt insane to me. It did to all of us. And, and of course... It didn't happen, but uh, my, my problem wasn't even predicting it. It's just a 50% part. So who's the leader of the Kool-Aid so, Mafia then? Is it yes. you or is it G? We talked about this yesterday. Yeah. Did you? We've had a 50-50 split between me and G, right? Going he back and forth. the Kool-Aid Mafia, and then I have the Flavor Aid family, and they kind of work <laughs> together awesome. that way. It's McDonald's and Burger King, you know what I mean? Like, I know. Yeah, bring it both, together in these both kind of someone, I, I have to bring this up because someone told me yesterday, to, when you see G on the show tomorrow, please tell him one thing for me. And I said, what? And so I want your honest reaction here. He said, will you please tell G. Bush that everyone that drank the Kool-Aid died. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, I thought I saw the documentary. Don't let them put that on you, G. That's right. Jim Jones mixed up purple Kool-Aid and throw, threw some cyanide in it. And yeah. the next thing you know, there's aerial photos of a thousand people laying there dead yeah. from drinking Kool-Aid. Yeah, man. Uh, see, yeah. you don't got Kool-Aid spelled differently. Hey, but here's the thing. You don't <laughs> got to worry about me and Quincy doing that. They yeah. don't give black people cyanide. We can't even order that. Like, there's no... Where do you get that from? What do you... Yeah, we can't be Unabomber. If I we Google don't, that, yeah. they going to put me Quincy. on a watch list. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Per- percentage uh. chance that DTR goes 8-0. Hey, no, go. Hey, no, no, that's not happening, right? That's, there's probably like a 5% chance of that happening. I'm not going to fall into that trap again. Okay. If he does that, we've got a hell of a story. That play on me. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if he does, then, like, you're talking about a Brock Purdy-level play, and I think that is that is the absolute max you can even dream for out of DTR in this situation, right? We're going to have a hell of a summer debate. We're going to have an unbelievable summer debate. You aren't kidding. That's one of them good problems, though, Like, right? Yeah. What, what, but that's one of those good problems to have. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we'll if you're arguing about which quarterbacks would be better, like, <laughs> that, what this team's had the last 20 years, I mean, that would be welcome versus what it's been. Yeah, I agree. Quincy, what, what, what is your uh, – what, what are your expectations for a DTR? Um, and, and what are those expectations moving forward? Um, and do you think the Browns can still, you know, have their goals in front of them in terms of the division and making the playoffs? It's hard for me to have expectations for DTR because we just haven't seen that much. I don't think that that Baltimore game is really a good read on who he's going to be for the rest of his career or even who he's going to show himself to be because it just he wasn't prepared. He's admitted it himself. Nobody thought he would play in that game, and then he had to play. It's a, it's a rough look for him, right? Um, so I don't know if I have expectations, but I do have goals for him, right? Like I think if you're DTR and you want to keep this team on track, you're probably looking somewhere within the range of like what 1,800 well, 1, yards and 13 total touchdowns, whether it be rushing and passing, um, and six total turnovers. If you could stay within that range of quarterback play with like an 80% rating or 80 rating, then I think you'll be good enough for this team to be able to achieve a lot of the goals that they set out to. Now, obviously, when it comes to playoffs, Super Bowl, stuff like that, we'll just have to wait and see where they are if this defense can carry a quarterback to that level and if they're playing at that level at the end of the season. But if they want to make the playoffs, you know, possibly have a chance to win a division, I think those are the goals for DTR. You just want them to be similar to as good, if not a little bit better than what Jacoby Brissett is, which is a high bar for him um, and a high goal for him to reach. And again, I can't expect that out of him, but that's where I can put the goal for him to be at. Yeah, 1,800 yards would be 225 a game. I mean, that's not crazy. I'd be surprised if he averaged that high. I would, too. Anything more? I, I don't think that's crazy, though. I, I think, think that's, that Sean Watson's gone over that number once or twice. 
yeah, in all of his starts here. Yeah, but he DTR hasn't been you know on hold for two and a half. I'm years. way more worried about the turnovers in the past. Yeah, the turnovers yeah, is the two. biggest thing, mm-hmm. and that's what we're going to find out. Like, if this was a year ago, two years ago, I would say 100 percent the Brown season is over because of the way offense has been. Because defense is trending in the other direction right now, and because the Browns' defense has been so great, we still give them a chance. Certainly, they have a reasonable chance to make the playoffs. I think their odds of winning in the playoffs are going to be very slim unless DTR is, you know, Brock Purdy or something close to that. But, uh, man, if he threw for 1,800 yards and kept the turnovers, you know, not out of control, to me that's a huge win for the Browns if he averaged 225 a game. I'd be happy if he threw for 1,400 yards. I'll take 185, 190 and no turnovers. That's about 1,400 yards. 1,400 yards and he... Five turnovers in the last eight games, I'd be thrilled. Yeah. yeah. And I think one of the big numbers to watch here when you're looking at DTR over the next few weeks in this offense in general is first downs. How many first downs can they create? They've actually done a decent enough job of doing it um, this year. They just haven't finished a ton of these drives. But if they can keep the first downs up um, and, and, again, just be similar to that offense last year where Jacoby Brissett had, like, I think – on average, 345 first downs, if you average his numbers out for a whole season. Um, if you can get somewhere close to that, that means you're staying on the field, you're having these long drives, you're getting field goals or touchdowns out of these drives, and then you're asking the defense to just clean up along the edges um, while you dominate time, pos- time of possession. If you can be that team, that team does have a higher ceiling than I think people think just because the quarterback play isn't great, especially if this defense continues to play at this level, which is not just best in the NFL. I mean, we're talking about a defense that's playing similar to the levels of a 2015 Broncos or 2017 Eagles. Now, they got to finish playing at that level, but we saw what those defenses did to the floor of their quarterback play. They rose them to a point to where you were able to achieve greatness with not great quarterbacks. No, that's, well, not great playing quarterbacks at the time with Peyton yeah, Manning. Yeah, and Peyton Manning was certainly great, but not at the time. You make a great point. And one of the things that has me most optimistic, Quince, and I'm curious where you are on this, this team was built to run the football. And, you know, the injury in week two to Nick Chubb at the time seemed devastating. And I think mm-hmm. if you would have pulled a 1,000 Browns fans and, and asked them, how many of you believe that the Browns will have the number two rushing game in the NFL going into week 11 when you're going to play nine games without Nick Chubb, eight games, whatever it's been to this point? I don't think many would have said that this was st- sustainable. But, but the Browns don't have a number two rushing game. That's where a- are they in rushing yards? They're, the they're number two. Yeah, yeah but number- that includes Nick Chubb. For one game. Well, Nick Chubb only includes like what, like 200 yards of that. Yeah. Like you take out 200 yards. Well, this, somebody would have gotten yeah. those well, yards guys, in the game. This whole debate. The Browns don't have the well, number two running this game. This whole debate about that. the Browns run. Now, now, listen, the, the yeah. Ravens game, it was there. And that's, that was and that's my point. But before that, it had been mediocre. Yeah, but it really the, was. For the for the year. For I'm the not going to tell you. You talk about the eye test all the time. We well, know their running game has not been very good until the Ravens game. What are you talking been. about? Well, like, give me metrics on the Browns' <laughs> well, run game. Bull, bull. Yeah. I would say this, though. If you even just go since the bye week when Nick Chubb was not here, the Browns have averaged 151.4 yards I'll take it. a game. So oh, that's because, Nick and Chubb, and, they, and nobody said they were terrible. Chubb, they averaged 153 yards a game. So Quincy, that's only two yards below that. Because they're I, running it twice as much as they They're running it way more than most teams. Good. That doesn't make them the second they're best running They're still averaging 4.2 yards per carry. Like, they're not Nick Chubb. Of course they're not Nick Chubb. But they're still Quincy, one of the better Quincy, rushing before teams Before the, the Ravens. NFL, you think right the Browns now, are one of the better running teams in the league right now? Oh my Who God. are the best okay. rushing teams in the NFL Mike, right now? Who? Yeah, Mike Bull is absolutely yeah. incredulous that they're the that they're one of the better well, running no, teams. No, I mean, now listen, the Ravens game. They're a decent running game, and they played great against the Ravens. The Ravens they game did. was terrific. That was Jerome but Ford's best game. He was running I think through contact. Overall, he they've been a mid-tier great. running Where team. Oh, oh, hold on, hold on. Here's the problem we yeah. got. We just crowned the Baltimore Ravens as one of the best defenses ever to move. And we just went into their house and ran the ball down. Yes, yes. and we're going full credit for that. So, so why going, would I be mediocre if I could do that against a great and team? And maybe going forward, they will be. But they haven't been that running team the whole year. So the whole, all the metrics say they are, but you just said No, they what metrics? Metrics don't have say that they are. They're number two rushing team. Mike. What are they, I Mike? know I looked at two stats that had them, I think, number two and one was number four. They are tied for second in most rushing yards. They also do run the ball more than any other team. 
but give so us the it's, metrics. It's pretty even. Yeah, I mean, they average 34.9 rushing attempts per league. That's first in the NFL. It's two of and a half. So of course they're going to have a tough. Listen, uh, before, well, that's not pre, more pre, than they were running the ball last year. Pre-Ravens game. No, listen. Like 33, 34 carries a game. Pre-Ravens game. I'm not talking about the Ravens game. Everyone yeah. was terrific in the Ravens game, and they get all the credit for that. Prior to that, <laughs> I will show you scatter charts and everything else of Jerome Ford's, like, Dude, we were all per- screaming he shouldn't he play He was anymore. in the lower left tier. He yeah. was in the worst tier of running backs. Come on, Jay, you talk about He had a terrific game no, against Baltimore. Bull, you're, I, Prior to Baltimore. You talk about all, I Bull, test all the time. Why? You if you're talking at me all the time talking, that I'm yeah. crazy. Yeah. I'm just, I, I can't you ignore numbers. You think the Browns numbers. have the second best running game? Yeah, who's better? I said they're among the best. And okay. the stats back that up. So, yeah, I'm not Total, backing down on that. One stat backs it up. Total no. yards. And because they run the ball more than other teams. It's so not apples to apples. I don't care. It's, here's the thing. We've talked now how yeah. they're going to win moving forward. Right. How are they going to win? Ball control, check. Clock control, when you control the ball, you control the clock. They are statistically among the league in leaders. One in one statistic. Okay, in rushing yards. But, but when course, it takes it, twice as many to get there, it's not it, efficient. Wait, whoa, whoa, no, no, you're twice, not twice as many. As many. No, Number no, no, two you're is way wrong on 16. that. Quincy, help me out. How many carry? How many? How yeah, many more carries? Many. Uh, Who's again, two? again. So, oh my God! You guys are gonna make my head blow off. I'm looking. Look, look. If you want to listen, you have to go. Not been able to run. Listen, the argument that Bull and I are talking about. If you go, if you go from the time Nick got hurt. Until prior to the Ravens game, their yards per carry was, was among the worst in the league. Guys know That's that. what, what we're saying. About? They are currently 11th in the league in yards per carry. 11. And, and what was it prior is, to the Ravens I, game? I don't, I, That's I, what look, I'm saying. That's I'm the point that we're trying to make. I, I, it did it okay, go so up you're going to yes. take someone's best season out and then say what was it? No, no. The that. point that we're <laughs> making is it was one game. It was the most recent game. It was uh, one game. And now they have to do it again. And again. And by the way, even with the Ravens game, if you took Nick Chubb out, it's probably 15th, which is what I said. Quincy, make your point. Yeah, Quincy's on. Make your point here. Go ahead, Quincy. Okay. It's not just one game, though, Jason. Like, it's been multiple games that they've had good rushing attacks in here. Now, you can – I see what you're saying. It's like, hey, there's some games where Jerome Ford had like a 70-yard run and then they really didn't put anything together play-by-play. And I will agree, the Baltimore game was the first one where they were able to run and get those 7, 10-yard gashes like they used to with Nick Chubb at will. But that doesn't mean that the run game hadn't been effective to that point. Like, it had been effective in all of the wins that they had. It was an effective run game versus San Francisco. It was an effective run game versus Tennessee. It was an effective run game versus the Cardinals. It's not Nick Chubb. Nobody is saying it's anything close to what you had with yes, Nick Chubb. Yes, you are. You guys but said it, it was an elite clearly, running game. You did say it, it was is, close. I didn't. Number nobody two, said Elite. You put words me. in our mouth. We said it was a month. Jay literally the just said it. Right right now, Quincy, I'll say it. Right I'll say now, it. Okay, I, I will say I it. If you're number elite, two in the league, I'm giving you a lead. Then you must be yeah, judging well, pitchers based like on wins because that's the same thing. No, I'm not. In the context of what we're talking about with other rushing attacks in the league, the Browns are a top five rushing offense because right now nobody is el- nobody else is really outrunning the Browns. So, like, they're doing a really good job. Jerome Ford's averaging – above four and four point two a carry, so it's it's really by the good. way like this is still a really good rushing attack. By the way, Quincy, you said they ran well against Tennessee. They averaged two and a half yards per carry against Tennessee. Isn't that the game they ran okay. like four times? Wrong I got there. Well, okay. They had thirty one carries for seventy eight yards. I think that was also the game. And if you take it because I if think... you take out the Sean Watson Well no 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 a lot of those carries were at the end of the game though, Bull, right? Because it was a blowout and they were just running into like twelve. You said they had a big body. running game against the Titans. I didn't say it. You because said it. if you go from the third quarter when the game wasn't blown out by twenty, they ran the ball well. If you just look at the effective carries at the game, Bull. Jerome Ford like, had ten carries for eighteen look yards at the in runs that game. when the game mattered. Quincy, Jerome Ford had 10 carries for 18 yards. Because the game was blown out by the second half and all they had to do was run to kill the clock. And and Quincy, one other thing too, like, I mean, we can cherry pick stats all day. We can do that. I got Well, you only got one stat. I got a 52 (laughs) stats. I'm giving you the measurable stat. So I just give you a million stats. If we look at what's the measurable stat for team play, wins, right? Now, there are a lot of times you can look at a team with six wins. You can even do this with the Browns. And say, yeah, but but it's a win. You can't take that away. In rushing, I'm looking at average rushing yards per game. And, and the Browns, and that's not one game cherry picked, they 10 for 18. On the season, they're averaging the second most yards on the ground 
in the NFL. Where are they in average yards? Average yards per carry. My guess 11. No 11. Average. They're 11. Okay. That's about basically And by the way, the difference between 11 and 3 is like what? three yards. <laughs> so it's inches. Boy, yeah. where do you think this rushing offense is at? I said like, they're a mid-tier running back game. I thought that was being generous before last mid-tier? week and they were better. Mid-tier? They are absolutely mid-tier. Of course they are. Before the what Baltimore guys... game. Before the Baltimore okay. game. I, no, no, they no. get full credit for the Baltimore game. They, so before they, they, had, they the had not had a great game running the, the ball. That they're before. qualified to play and gash them. Hold on. Before they played the best rushing defense in the NFL and gashed them, oh, they were mediocre. But we now want to take that game out of them. We don't want to take that game out of it. You You're did. saying no, they I didn't. Mediocre I said from the time Nick got hurt, from the time Nick got hurt until the Baltimore game, they were very average. They were terrific last week. Nobody's taking anything away from last week. They were phenomenal last week. Yeah, what does that say? We can't ignore that. I'm not ignoring it. I'm ignoring the rest of the games. From the time Nick got hurt until the Baltimore game, they were very average. Had they been elite in any other game without Nick Chubb? Here's what I'm saying. Had they been elite in any other game? You talk about eye test all the time, Jay. Let me tell you. Had they been, yes or no? Okay, now that you're done, let me answer the question. I'm going to give you an aggregate. So not you're not going to answer the question. No, I'm going to give yeah. you the thir- view from 30,000 feet, not 50 feet. From an aggre- aggregate standpoint, this Browns defense is number two in the league in average yards per game. I will give you that they run it more, not twice as much. They run it more. They're a team that was built to run. Okay. I'm glad they're running it as much as they are. I was yelling for them to run it more last year. Yep. They're good at running the football. And my initial point that started this was, you should, you still I don't my think question, by that the way. you would have had many Browns fans that would have told you that going into week 11 with Nick Chubb on the sidelines for nine weeks, this team would average the second most yards per game in the NFL. Those are all facts. I'm not making that up. And Quincy sees it the same way. I think G does too. I will. I'm going to just tell you, y'all talk about these eye tests and all that. I'm going to tell you what I know test. See, I've been up front when I got blocked by people like the Browns. So if you ain't had your hands in the trenches, you don't understand. I know what elite looks like. Mm-hmm. When you put the tape on a Wyatt Teller and he bulldozing people, when you put that tape on a Joe Batonio, see, y'all can talk all the stats you want. You go ask the defensive lineman that's playing against the Browns and say, who's, who's elite? They're going to tell you the Cleveland Browns is an elite running attack because of what they put on film, what they can do, and it ain't about how much you're running and what you're running it for. It's about do you know we running it and can you stop it? And Baltimore knew we were running it. And can I ask a more productive it. question here? Sure. Yeah, can I ask a more productive question to Bull and Jason? Yeah. Where do you think that this rushing game is going to go given that Jerome Ford's or a young running back who seems like he's starting to put it together? Where do you think they can go at the end of this year? I mean, I think they have a chance know you to think keep improving. Are. Jerome Ford was impressive. I have, I have not. I thought Jerome Ford had had been very bad until this game. He was. He well, has been not, very bad. Let's not forget that he I had a high ankle sprain. That they said I think was it's been. Okay, but weeks. you guys were with us when we said they should bench him. Basically, yep. I I yep. wanted to see more of another running back. Right. Yeah. Now, and they astutely pointed this out during the broadcast. Give Quincy, or I mean, excuse me, give Jerome Ford credit because. When the original injury was announced, we thought it was going to be multiple games. And mm-hmm. the big story was this guy's back to practice back. doing agility drills and looks great. Now, he played a game and did not play well. I readily admit that. Now, I'm willing to say, because I've had a high ankle sprain, and I think most of us have, it's hard to get to the bathroom. Yet this guy was on the field, so I can't judge let, him for the poor numbers let that me he put bottom, let me bottom in that line. game. Let me bottom line it from my perspective and I think Jason's perspective. Jerome Ford, until this – Jerome Ford played great in the Ravens game, and maybe going forward he maybe and he will. will play great. That would be We're not great. saying that can't happen. No. We're saying we don't – you're making it seem as if it's a sure thing based on total yardage. I wasn't when projecting. Way, when they have way more carries. I wasn't the, the projecting. The reality goal. is that between Nick Chubb getting hurt and this past week – the Browns' running game had been mid. We're not saying it's going to be the rest of the year. Well, You're just talking as if it's a short thing the rest of the season. No, I didn't. I, I wasn't also projecting. The I just said up to this point. Erased. 
What's in that? this conversation too because the Seattle game is being erased in this conversation. That was another game where the run game carried you throughout most of the game despite the turnovers that you had with P.J. Walker in the offense. Um, and that was against one of the better rushing defenses in the NFL uh, too. So this is not the first time they've done this against a very good team. They've done this before um, and they've been a good rushing offense against good teams before this year. Right. So I think this is just showing you who they are and who they can be. And I think the more snaps Jerome Ford gets, the better he's going to be we've seen kareem hunt be a really great short yardage situation and then you could throw in pierre strong every once in a while as a change of pace there and i think you have a nice rotation yeah. that has led you to second in rushing yards and in the nfl because yeah. you don't and they get were the not great against okay Yoker. they were not great against the yeah, they were mid against I, yeah. all right this is the best i can do with my phone oh my goodness after the cardinals game <laughs> i wrote this after the cardinals game so prior to which, the baltimore which, game okay prior to the baltimore game Cleveland's backs averaging 3.7 yards a carry since Chubb's injury at Pittsburgh ranks 25th in the league. Okay, that's, that's what it. we're saying. Jay, that's all it. we're you, saying. When you give that stat, who, who cares about I before? I, that means nothing to we me. Talk about about nothing. You're basing your that, whole argument we, on we, no, talking about the yeah. to, We're yes. talking totality of the season. I, I will tell you why that means nothing to me. Because if you take any player's best game out, Why are we they suddenly that? regress yeah, we, we back to the here. means. Guys, well, I'm not it, giving you... Where's my hood? Where's my hood? You can it's, hide all you want, but you're I'm hiding your head in the sand. I Jason, just said before Jay. the Baltimore game, they sucked. Okay, where's the only That's all we're saying. The Baltimore game just happened. They weren't special. So why are we delineating before anyway? We're going to forget the Baltimore game and everything? No, nobody's forgetting the Baltimore game. We all hope that it continues that way. But it was one game. It was one game. But guess what? And they I'm ran great. You're they saying the other Jason. games are meaningless, Jay. No. You're saying the other games are meaningless. We never said that. We never said that. Guys, we got to move on. No. Wait, 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 the point is, is like, do you really think that this team wins these games that they've won with no quarterback for the majority of them Thanks. if the running game is as mid as you're saying? Like, it is mid. Really they won it because of the defense. It is mid. It's yards per carry. What's your mid. stat besides it's total yards? Stat. It's yards you per carry. Besides total yards. touchdowns, they're on track to be on the same pace as they were last year. They've been excellent in short yards. Seven yards a carry, twenty fifth in the league. Without and you're telling me they're elite. Jason, Without how many of game. those yards? We were saying well, before that carries? game, Jay. We're saying before Why that game. Why do you not understand? So what how game makes them elite? Before that game, they've been mid. They I'll, were great. I'll clear how it up. many of those carries yeah. happen at the end of some blowout game? No, it was running the ball into. Oh, there were no, like no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. You said they were great against Seattle. They averaged four yards a carry. That's not great. To an eight man box for like two quarters because the game was over with DTR in it? Like, come on. Like, well, Quincy, it's, the danger is disingenuous to look at this rushing offense, see them get to number two, and say, well, they had 3.7 yards per carry. Not we got, listen, here's the, the bottom line. We've given you about a dozen stats. You There's guys have content. one stat, nothing else. He's so you got no facts to back up. No, what are you talking about? A dozen stats. I've been around spitting out facts this whole segment. No, you haven't. All right, I'll find the scatter chart with Jerome Ford in the worst box you can have. I don't even care about a scatter chart. Here's what I care about. And really, honestly, numbers are so tricky. Everybody knows that. You can pick a number to make your case for anything. Yeah, we however, picked 10, you got one. However, I, for my purpose, yeah. I want to take the number that... You want to take the only stat that helps your argument. No, I yeah. don't. I yes. want to take the total stat. Yeah. I don't want to look at a snapshot before this game, I, or I don't want to look at we'll, a quarter against this team. About that. So, I want to look at... Look, when information You're saying the power, only game that matters is this last game. No, That's no, no I'm not. Saying that. You are. Bull. Yes, you are. Listen to me. I'm listening to you. I'm, you're not listening to me. I am not talking about a specific game. I am talking about the aggregate number for the season. Yeah. There's one metric that talks about the entire season, not a quarter, not before this game, not a half. I'm going to give you the biggest number that we have. Information is power. The more we have, the better we are at making a long-term yeah. opinion. The aggregate number for one yards. Stat. It's one stat, but it's the one that means that the most. That matters the least, but go ahead. Okay, so All you right. can say it means the least, but well, in – it's yards per game. Well, let me ask what you are this, you Jay. averaging on the ground yards Jay, per let, game? Let and the ask, Browns are let, number let two. Let me ask you this. 
If a quarterback plays crappy for four games, and yeah. in the fifth game he's great, yeah. and it skews the stats because one game will skew the stats, yeah. you don't factor that in at all? I look at the five. But that's I, not I the, the situation. No, it's a bigger sample size. That's not the situation. It's a bigger sample size. Give me the biggest sample size you can. I'm done. You are done. You're right. It's like talking to a wall. Let's take Let's take a vote. Go ahead, Tim. I've seen y'all talk about P.J. Walker and how they won in spite of P.J. Walker. Yes. Well, if you think they won in spite of P.J. Walker, then what, what, what was going right on the offense in spite of P.J.? What was it? Was, it, was it running? No. Because apparently not to you, it wasn't running. They just put up points by osmosis? Like, how did they score points? In that <laughs> uh, again, Quincy, every, we said the running game was mid. That doesn't mean it's terrible. The passing game was terrible. I never said the, We never said the running game was the worst. <laughs> but we you guys acting like P.J. Walker might have been the worst quarterback to ever play yes. in the NFL, right? That's some of the stuff yes. that I heard on the show. So you don't overcome that with mid-rushing games. Thank you. Yes, you do when you have a great defense. You got to score points. By the way, Quincy, again, <laughs> you, you've given – here's – by the way, the two examples of great running games were Tennessee and Seattle. So, so, they were not good against Tennessee in the run, and they were mediocre against Seattle. So, so you're wrong. I'm so, sorry. So, so, Nobody watching that Seattle hey, game thought they were mediocre in Seattle. Stop it. They averaged four yards a carry. Let How good did they have been? Let me set this up real quick. We're not talking about yards per carry. Let's, yeah. Let, well, let, what do you want to talk about? I want to talk about this. Hey, Quincy, how many times have you broken down all 22s and show run game? This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Oh, yeah. Broke down all season of the all 22 of the rug game. And even at the beginning of the season where they weren't running well, it was like, oh, they're missing one or two blocks and then they'll be able to get down. So, so, and then they started to do that past week four. So you took the time to watch the run game and people block and break down what they missed, what they did, and how they did, right? You took that time. You go, yes. watch, you go watch them. They up there. Like and subscribe to the You channel. watch them too. I watch them too. So my thing is, what do you, he said the eye test, all that good stuff. I'm talking about the watch test. You can give me all them numbers you want. I just seen every snap and every rep. If you can't say that, you can't put that stat over what I'm talking about. Can we? And that's where's what I'm saying. Like, when I watch the, the game. Oh, Cats yeah. is quiet. <laughs> oh, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. This is not good television. That all 22 I'm is done. talking to boys, right? No, no. No, it don't. I'm done. We can give I'm stats. I'm just saying. This is, you, you got to give credit for it. This is silly. We've argued long. This is silly. We've argued long. Just, I, you know, it turns Quince, into, I, I want to I say it this. It turns into bedlam every time Quincy's on, Quincy. Every time you're on, it turns into bedlam. Yeah, yeah, That's not a bad thing. Let me, give you a, let me give you a question on something else. What do, you think of, what do you think of them bringing in Joe Flacco? What do you think of that? I mean, like, yeah, get a veteran in there, somebody to talk to, you know, uh, DTR on the sidelines if he needs any help. And if it goes horribly wrong with DTR, you probably would want to go to Joe Flacco. The truth is, with DTR coming in to shine out for the rest of the season, we're probably reverting this offense similar to what it used to look like with Jacoby Brissett. A lot of play action, a lot of underneath throws um, and stuff like that. So the skill set needed at quarterback is now different than what you had with PJ, who replicates Deshaun's style. So I would look for Joe Flacco to eventually become the backup if they keep him on here and if he stays with the team long enough. Um, just in case the rookie does not go well, you have a veteran in there who you feel like can run the offense and be at least a competent game manager. So I really don't mind the the pickup there. Um, it's a little bit different. It's going to be weird to see Joe Flacco in a Browns uniform, but I do think that it's a, it's a solid enough pickup because uh, Joe Flacco's proven he can get rid of the ball. He doesn't, he's not going to throw too many interceptions, and he's going to be super safe with it, so it's a good fail safe just in case DTR doesn't Quince, work out. Quince, we only have 30 seconds here, but before the Flacco, I mean, obviously they haven't signed Flacco. They're just going to kick the tires on him. Uh, yesterday at this time, if you were to make a list of guys that you want to see the Browns bring in, 
Who would be the top of that list of the guy that you wanted them to sign moving forward? Oh, for this third spot? I mean, Joe Flacco would probably be around the top of it. I mean, the the options just aren't that fruitful, right? You're you're talking about, like, either you get a young guy like Chris Oladokun who's been on some practice squads and has some promise, right. or you're getting, like, an old washed-up guy, or you're, like, at best in between, you're getting, like, a Trevor Simeon, right? I think Joe Flacco is a better option than both of those, and if they go with him, I have absolutely no problems with it. It's slim pickings at this point in the season, right? Like, if you're talking about getting a – Phil Philip Rivers that's been out the league for four years or three years at this point, um, and is old or like trying to convince Tom Brady those just aren't realistic options. Um, I think that that's probably the best you could do. And again, it's going to be about ball control, first downs, and time of possession. And I think Joe Flacco is the best option out there if that's what you want to do. Um, and if DTR can't t- get that taken care of. Yeah, let's hope it all works out. Quince, great to see you again. Great job. And tell people quickly where they can see your show because uh, I'm with G. I I, uh, I love watching your show. I think you have great Browns content. Where can folks see you? Oh, yeah, appreciate it. Uh, you could just put Quincy Carrier, Q-U-I-N-C-Y, C-A-R-R-I-E-R, like you see on the screen. Just put that in your YouTube search bar and hit the search button. I'll pop up. You'll see my videos pop up. I also have other projects. Check me out. I cover the AFC North as well with my friends. I'm on AFC North Talk, so I do a, a number of different projects. They're all on the channel. Make sure you check that out. Appreciate y'all for having me on. No, absolutely. Thanks. You do great work. Thanks, Quince. Always good to catch up with you. Appreciate you, Even if, as Adam says, every time he comes on, he drops a bomb in the middle of the room. I don't think that's a bad thing. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> I like that. I do, too. Good stuff, Quincy. Thanks, my man. By the way, the Didn't Guardians... mean to raise the blood pressure. Yeah, no, we're glad you did, actually. <laughs> the Guardians have traded Cal Quantrill to the Rockies for an A-ball catcher. Which we wow. kind of saw coming, right? I mean, that was their well, only they... option with them. Right. They had DFA'd him, so he, they yeah. had to... Trade him or, something. You know. At least they got something for him. Yeah, Not yeah, much. Yeah. God, when you consider where he was two years ago. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.